welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things Substrate, Polkadot, and Web3. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Relay Chain. I am here with James from On Finality and Subquery. And today we're going to dig deep into what Subquery is and find out a little bit more. Welcome to the podcast, James. How are you doing today? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me, Joran. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's morning here in New Zealand, and um, it's great to be able to talk to people across the world and of all time zones at all times of the day. Yeah, no, I love it. It's like, you know, just getting to evening here and in true decentralized fashion, here we are connecting across the world. And and I love this industry, particularly for that reason. Okay, so let's let's dig into it. We're here talking about subquery, which as I have come to understand is a kind of sub business or sub organization under the on finality kind of parent company. So let's let's start high level and let's kind of dig down as we go and give us a, a high level overview of what is on finality. Yeah, sure. So we started on finality uh, a few years ago and on finality was really designed to provide kind of essential services uh, to the development community in the space, right? So on finality in itself purely is really an infrastructure as a service business. Uh, it's about making it easy for Polkadot developers to focus on building and not focus on deploying or running or managing infrastructure. Um, we think, you know, this community that we're in, this thriving Polkadot community, it really is amazing, needs these kind of key infrastructure services in order to grow like other networks have. Um, and that's where OnFinality kind of came in, the, the vision for OnFinality. Uh, so OnFinality really is, is is primarily there to support growing teams of those infrastructure services. A development team could give us their Docker image and we can deploy it for them to a, a, a network, a test network of, of nodes around the world in AWS or Google Cloud Platform. And, you know, they can test it for a day as part of their CI, CD process. And then at the end of the day, they can kind of tear it back down, right? So that was quite interesting. And then um, as, as a network kind of an ecosystem grew and matured, we've delivered a kind of an API service where we have taken our expertise in running these nodes around the world. And we've put a layer on the top so that we can intelligently route your request to the nearest node or the most uh, performant node. And as a result, we're now supporting 150 million daily API requests to our, our Polkadot, our Kusama, uh, Rococo, and many, many other partners in our API service. So that's all kind of built for the community for free, right? We need to provide these free services so that anyone, whether you're a developer in a basement and, and somewhere in the world, or you're the, one of the large companies just trying it out, trying out Polkadot, within minutes, you can get access to these high-performing running nodes and the, you know, the Polkadot or the Kusama or any other network in this ecosystem. So on finality really kind of took off and we're thinking around this idea that, yeah, you know, we need to provide more services for developers. If developers, as I said, if this community is going to thrive, it really needs those key infrastructure pieces that make building on it and building the next, you know, future decentralized applications and blockchains really easy. And that's where the idea for subquery came in. So if on finality is infrastructure, subquery is more data. You know, we all know that uh, decentralized data, data on a blockchain is, is, is really terrible to query. Uh, it's essentially a long linked list 
of pages of files that to be able to answer simple questions like how much money is my account, you kind of have to query each of those blocks. So SubQuery is an open source platform that we built just in the last basically seven or eight months to there's kind of three parts. First is that we have an open source tool that you can hook up to your network. You can say on every block or every call or every event, uh, run this mapping function. And that mapping function could just save that data or it could do some aggregation or transformation. And then it saves all that the data, the output of that mapping into a really performant storage system. And you can query that using GraphQL. And as a result, it means that a query that previously might have you might have had made had to make 10 or 20 different JSON RPC calls to the chain to get the data that you need. You can pre-index and uh, save that data in a more performant way. So it's only a few milliseconds to get that data. And you know, if we think about the web two world, right? CDNs are taking over the world, right? So we're basically thinking of ourselves as a CDN, a content delivery network. So yeah, that's that's the difference between finality and subcrew. They're the same team right now. So we've got a core development team here in Auckland, New Zealand. But you know, things are growing so fast and things are moving so fast. It's only been seven months for subquery that you know we're we're just growing. We're looking at how we kind of position both of these uh, projects in the best way so they can succeed. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember when I heard about subquery probably about six or seven months ago, and to see where you guys have come already in that amount of time, it's pretty remarkable. And even on Finality, I think is a, a fairly young company, just about a year or so, uh, just over a year old. And um, and it's it's really remarkable that you guys have risen to about the the largest infrastructure provider for Polkadot and Substrate in general. So that's um, that's pretty cool. So you guys definitely know what, what you guys are doing and what's going on here. Yeah, it's been great growing with the ecosystem, right? Like, I think that's really important to keep in mind is that um, we've grown with the ecosystem and, uh, you know, we expect to grow with the ecosystem. I think we're a long way away from where we're going to be, right? But it's it's great to be there, you know, every day. You know, when there's a new version of, of the runtimes coming out or whatever, you know, like we need to be there to kind of be first in order to make that service available for other people. So these parachains and slot auctions have been, really busy time for us right now because we've had to be you know on the ball for each of those uh, parachain auctions as they kind of get completed and that you see that with Karura and Moon River where as soon as that first block started on each of those uh, parachains you know on finality was supporting them and on finality was there so you've already started indexing the the newest pair chains that are coming online now. And and so that data is going to be available for any teams that want to use that in, in their applications. That's really awesome. I've seen the comparison made between subquery and the graph, which is on Ethereum before. I wonder if you could walk us through that comparison and maybe some of the advantages and, and differences between these two projects. Yeah, sure. So, you know, it's no secret that this decentralized data industry is, is massive, right? I think the graph has has certainly shown that there's a huge need in the space. You know, they've, they've taken the Ethereum world by storm and and they kind of had that that side of the market. Um, if you kind of think of this this landscape, right, it's kind of, in a way, Bitcoin and Ethereum had their own kind of worlds and kingdoms over there, but then there's the rest of everyone else. And it's everyone else that we're kind of looking at because we think that's where the value is going to be. So, you know, there's a couple of key different points between us and, and the graph, right? Um, firstly, obviously, the obvious part is that we are substrate-based. We're born on substrate. Our team, you know, there's t- members of our team that were in the first um, substrate hackathon 
you know, years ago, right? So we've got a long history in Substrate and with Polkadot. And so from day one, you know, we were building our architecture, we're building our platforms, we're building our services to focus on Substrate. We think there's going to be a lot of, a big kind of adaptation curve for people like the graph to, to make it work as well on Substrate and Polkadot by extension as, as we do, right? So yeah, that's that's kind of the main difference between us and the graph, right? But that's not as important itself. That's not really uh, a great difference, right? So we've just released about a month ago our, our white paper. And um, this is a subquery network white paper of how we uh, decentralize the subquery network. Um, so at the moment, we've got uh, subquery as, as a set of open source tools that anyone can run the indexer and the query service, whether that's in a data center or an AWS or it's on their own laptop. So that's open source and that will always be open source. But what we've done on top of that is, you know, again, our thinking here that developers shouldn't be spending time managing infrastructure. They shouldn't be spending time um, monitoring that and keeping up time. Like we know firsthand how difficult it is scaling production infrastructure. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, John, but I like to sleep. Um, so, uh, you know, I think developers like to have their sleep sometimes. So, you know, the, the idea of things going down because, you know, Elon Musk tweeted something and there's a huge spike overnight while you're sleeping and, and suddenly your servers are down. All your consume, all the users that you, you've gained slowly over time have been come to disenfranchised because your infrastructure has gone down and your app doesn't work. You know, that's something that we don't want to allow. So we're there to provide that. And, and for subquery, what we've done is we've built a managed service. So again, you can run it yourself or you can give us your subquery project. And your project is really just like the recipe for um, how that data is indexed and transformed. You can give us your subquery project and we will take that and we will run that in our kind of managed infrastructure. So it's our expertise of running production infrastructure. We'll take your subquery project, we'll deploy it to our own system, we'll run an index and a query service for you, and you can query our endpoint and we can provide that data for you. Um, and we can manage that for you, right? So it's that that on top service that makes it much more easier for developers. Again, making our lives easy for developers so they can focus on building and not running stuff. So with the, the subquery network, you know, we've got this managed service which is very centralized, right? And there's there's obviously a, a downside of the centralization of this, and we're aware of that. We believe, you know, firmly that a network of of tens or hundreds of indexes or thousands of indexes around the world are going to be able to provide a lot of a much better service than just us you know there's certain expertise that we have but again you know subquery is effectively a, a cdn a content delivery network because it's read-only data it's indexed cached read-only data so we believe that a network of hundreds or thousands of indexes are going to do this service better than us and that's what the subquery network is about it's about decentralizing a platform so that's where we start talking about how we've designed um, incentives in that subquery network to differentiate ourselves on the graph um, or other competitors. So, you know, probably best to start kind of at the top of Joran um, around how that works. But like um, in our network, there are kind of three main stakeholders or participants, right? There's consumers, which could be people running an app or um, anyone making requests through Polkadot.js. You know, consumers are people consuming data. I need some data about, uh, let's say, my account balance, okay? Or the last 20 transactions that this particular account has made and received. As a consumer, I will request data from who we call an indexer. So the indexer is a second participant. The indexer is a person running the infrastructure. 
taking our open source subquery software, running it on their own, and saying, we're going to index the subquery project, get this data, and then provide that data to the consumer. And there will obviously be an exchange of value there, right? So um, the consumer will receive that data that they request and will um, you know, exchange some utility, uh, some value to the indexer. So the indexes will be rewarded, essentially, for the work they do. And the third participant is really a delegator, and that's kind of kind of to touch later. But effectively, the basic mechanism of this whole system is that you know consumers will will, will pay for the value that they receive. So, um, a few main things that we've done differently to the graph is we've really simplified this. So, if you look at you know the graphs incentiveness or incentive programs, uh, the graphs of white papers, it's really complex. And in order to you know, act as an indexer, you have to make kind of a calculation. Am I going to you know, be profitable? Is this going to bankrupt me or am I going to you know, break even? And there's so many different areas where you, know, you get some, some rates from the inflation rate of the network and you get some rates from the work you do and then you kind of have to split both apart. And there's also some other kind of stuff that goes on. It's just, it's just a mess. It's a mess of webs of... Of, of value flows that going around and it's quite difficult to to figure out so a guiding philosophy is, is really just to make that as simple as possible simplicity is is really the core of our of our incentivization strategy and there's a couple of other things that we've done right you know we're a cdn effectively as i say so the question of i'm a consumer and i'm requesting data about money in my or the the, the transactions in my wallet okay that's quite a commodity in terms of like that data. There's nothing specific about that. Anyone can run that network. So how are we going to encourage this, this distributed network of, of delivery partners, of indexes? And one of that is how we do um, indexer discovery or indexer routing. So me as a person sitting here in Auckland, New Zealand, which is a long way from anywhere else, where does my request go to? What indexer do we choose or do I choose? And so we want to build a kind of a platform, a kind of a DHT system where um, rather than making queries to the necessarily the cheapest person or the the most affordable or the or the biggest you know gorilla in the space, which may be based in North Virginia, which is a long way from New Zealand, it makes sense for me to make my request to maybe slightly more expensive but more performant in Sydney, which is a lot closer. So um, it's about encouraging a more decentralized, more locally um, provided uh, service, and so our distributed DHT network. Uh, index of discovery process takes both, you know, your location, but also, you know, the previous index performance into account. So you're getting both more performant, but also more locally distributed data. So it's faster to you because a lot of the time is really just query as as end to end. It's it's a latency of of me requesting data from you. So yeah, a couple more things, but really, um, those are the main kind of three parts. Oh, we can kind of go into the other side of things, but um... there's actually a couple of things there that uh, I wanted to touch on that I found very interesting in how uh, you differentiate yourself from from the graph, and and that is the fact that you are the infrastructure provider as well as the data provider. And I don't think that Graph ha quite has that piece of the puzzle. Um, and it's kind of up to individuals to index and run their own infrastructure. So I think that's super valuable there. And so being in the Polkadot space, we're dealing with more than just uh, providing data to uh, smart contracts, which I think the graph is mainly focused on. And so what changes when you guys are looking at providing data to like 
actual blockchains now as well as smart contracts is is the interaction essentially the same you're providing this endpoint and and they figure out how to get to that endpoint yeah so our main customers for subquery really um you know they, they can be blockchains themselves but probably our primary customer is or our primary consumer of our data will be front-end applications you know and real persons kind of interface with or interacting with um, because there's key considerations that that user has, right? The the speed that 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 app loads and that data is available. So we're going a lot of you know interest right now from certain partners like you know like Fearless Wallet, for example, Codadot NFT platforms, browsers, and also this new um, explorer called Subviz is quite interesting. They're just basically building a um, an explorer on a subquery project, um, which is another point, right? So. You know, subquery can be used for these front-end user-facing applications that have all the needs of a user-facing application, um, as I mentioned. But it can also be used to kind of provide a, a historical, a more performant kind of archive of that data on-chain. So if I want to use a subquery project, I could index every extrinsic or event or call on-chain, which we've seen with um, the likes of Akala and Bifrost building their own ones. And it makes it easier for them to kind of debug and build their network because rather than having to go through block by block, they can kind of get that data a lot easier and they can kind of read that data in a lot faster way using GraphQL, which is a lot easier to, to deal with than going through um, the data fresh from a blockchain. So we've seen a lot of um, partners come on board in terms of both the, the blockchain development side, but also the um, the application side. One of our big, you know, pro- focuses right now is, you know, as I mentioned, we're in the age of parachains coming on board. You know, let's say 100 slots uh, for these parachains. That's 100 different slight variations of the core, you know, Kusama or Polkadot network. And, you know, applications like, you know, Codadot or, or Fearless Wallet, you know, wallets, for example, they're going to have to, are they going to have to integrate with the differences between each of those parachains? Are they going to have to deal with the, you know, integrating with each of those parachains slightly differently in, a, in order to bring the same kind of data into the application? And I think that's somewhere that we'll see subquery really helping is providing that kind of bridge or that that translation layer, that Rosetta Stone between the slight differences in this particular parachain versus, you know, a same UI that this app kind of and this app will span all these parachains, right? Because on an app, I want to see as many, as much, you know, how much I've got the Moonbeam network, how much I've got the Color network, how much, you know, um, Asta or Plasm is now called and, and so forth, right? And, you know, it's going to be difficult on these app developers to kind of do that without a tool like Subcrew potentially. So that's something we're looking at. I see. That makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of um, a way to to pull things all together into one cohesive place mm. where applications can just, you know, reach in and grab exactly what they need across a variety of different uh, data sources. That's start, starting to click in my head now how that works. Very, very cool. And so you guys kind of kick things off with a Web3 grant uh, and you wrap that up pretty recently or at the beginning of this year. Do you, Can you talk about what that Web3 grant was all about and uh, how that went for you? Yeah, so the Web3 grant, as I mentioned before, the, the open source components of subquery, it's all on GitHub. Uh, it's mainly the node or the index of the package and, and the, um, the query service package and of course the CLI tool that goes on top of that. Um, the Web3 grant was really the focus on building that, right? So it was a fantastic grant and, you know, it was really, it's quite interesting how they really 
careful about you know milestones and and deliverables and and it really helped us right because it helped us narrow our focus um i think you can ask any company or any organization or any team in, in the space right now and i think the most important thing at this stage um for all of us is focus because there's so much we can do and there's so many like sometimes you feel like a um, you know like a dog walking down the road and just seeing everything going around you and kind of losing focus of what's important. Um, but that Web three grant was really good at narrowing that focus. And so you know we really worked hard in that and we delivered that at the start of this year and that was that open source um, the tooling. But yeah, it was it was really fantastic for that grant and and you know um, that grant certainly opens up a lot of kind of doors and and allows us to access a lot of expertise that would have been difficult for us to access. And certainly made our life very easy. So we're very thankful for that. And then, but since then, of course, you know, like, you know, Web3 Grants in a way is basically like a, a seed, an engine starter, you know, like it's almost like a seed to a company and or to a, or a team. And so that's what us, what our seed was, was to get that out. And then, you know, we're now at this working subquery um, SDK, this open source SDK. And since then, it's just gone, gone upwards from there as we kind of build out these newer managed services on top of that to make life easier. Awesome. I want to touch on like the the distributed like decentralized aspect of of where the data is storing. So I know you guys are running infrastructure, and I want to know if you've uh, what your considerations are in terms of like distributing that infrastructure. Even so, like you mentioned, using AWS, are you spreading this infrastructure across different like cloud providers, or is there like a um, a main partnership with AWS that sort of thing? We primarily use AWS at the moment. Um, but we do also have assets and infrastructure on the Allen Finality side and, and Google Cloud Platform. It is a concern for us. The way our infrastructure is built up, we primarily use you know Kubernetes uh, clusters, and um, there's a certain kind of fixed cost of running a, a kind of a Kubernetes cluster at, cluster at scale. So, again, the subquery network, the decentralized subquery network, this is entirely designed to, to solve that problem. Um, to, to further distribute uh, assets. But in terms of where we're at now, um, there's some interesting things we've seen, right? Like we have um, three main clusters around the world. We have one in North Virginia, we have one in Ireland, and we have one in Tokyo. And um, it's it's interesting because we're doing intelligent routing with API, API service where you get routed to the closest one. We've actually kind of struck it quite well. The, the traffic is quite even across that for Polkadot and Kusama. Some other networks that we've seen is a little bit less even. Like um, some networks have a lot more traffic from Europe than from, let's say, Asia or the States, um, but it's on a case-by-case basis. And when we work for a partner to set up an API service for them, you know, we we ask them where they want that uh, run. But you know, this is a this is a problem I think our entire you know our ecosystem faces in a way all faces. I was talking to someone who whose job it is to run validators, and he was telling me that um, there was an outage at at Frankfurt um, and AWS there um, a couple of weeks ago, and for a few hours, you know, a lot a significant number of the validators in the Polkadot network were down because a lot of them were based in Frankfurt, which is essentially or basically the, the primary AWS data center in Europe, as I understand. So even though we're kind of decentralized, everyone's running their own infrastructure, if we're all running at the same places, it's, it's, it's not really the case, right? Mm-hmm. But there's there's not really many ways we can do about that. Apart from you know, there's some cool tools, like if you go onto, um, I forget the name of the website, but there's an analytics um, page on, on Polkadot where you can kind of see a map of where all the, all the validators are located around the mm-hmm. world. Um, there's ways we can kind of get around that. Right. Yeah. I think that's the telemetry site 
Mm. Yeah. So I guess maybe this might be a, a thought that, that just popped in my head for like down the road, but does on finality um, imagine becoming like a, a cloud provider, like in having physical locations that they kind of own, maybe distributed around the world to add, add to that decentralization aspect? I would love to, I would love to say that one day we're going to be at a scale where that is, that is kind of economical and, and, and the best way to do it. And I, you, you do see a lot of the big like internet infrastructure services like Dropbox, for example. Um, there's a certain point in scale where AWS not become economical anymore. Um, as, as at our stage, right, where we don't want to have to fly somewhere around the world to manage and deploy hardware to a location, it doesn't make sense, right? But at some point that does. So you do you are seeing a lot of these really big infrastructure providers actually doing that because it's it's more economical now. Um, and like uh, Dropbox, the perfect example of that, where they moved, I think like thirty or forty percent of their their assets to their own data centers and seeing a huge reduction in costs as a result. But I'd love to say we get that stage right, and you know that's really our goal is to grow. But you know we're growing with the Poker ecosystem, so um, you know it's a shared success kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Hashtag goals. We have Hashtag a, goals. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we hit, you know, I go I go with on finality and you know, there's a similar one at uh, subcreate, you know, we've just been setting some goals and our goal with on finality is, is a billion daily API requests. We're 150 million today. So we want to get there, but it will will come. Um, you know, and I think you can see something there'll be similar goals with with subquery. Um, around you know daily API requests, um, the number of projects, the number of applications we're kind of supporting that we're really kind of driving for. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, so you guys, you're you're based out of New Zealand, and so we we know so a couple pretty uh, notable projects out there. We've got Akala, we had Big Country on the on the podcast before. Um, how closely how closely knit is the blockchain community out there? Are you guys talking with each other? Like, what's what's the story? Yeah, so New Zealand is, is a small country, right? We're about five million people, and uh, we, you know, big country in Akala and our, and us, we're in Auckland, which is our largest city. It's about one million people, so it's a tiny little village in the global scheme of things, really, isn't it? It's interesting. There is a weird, almost like a overweight kind of, you know, number of polka dot projects in Auckland, um, but it's it's great, right? So. So we've known Akala for some time. Our CEO, Sam, and Akala have worked together very closely over time. And, and Akala, we're lucky enough to have Akala as kind of a, a customer of ours, a founding customer. And so, you know, we've built our platforms, we've built our services with them with them using it. You know, you know, non-finality, it was them using the developer tools to test, you know, their test networks. It's them running, you know, API services, but also a sub-query, it's them, you know, testing it out with us, right? So... Um, we're very fortunate to to have a close relationship with Carla. Um, they're literally just down the road from us here. In a way, you know, New Zealand at the moment, you know, especially the last year with this this whole global pandemic situation, New Zealand's kind of completely shut its borders, and we've become a bit of a, a hermit kingdom, if you will, unfortunately. Which is great because COVID isn't really a thing here. We have freedoms, but um, we can't travel overseas. We can't go and interact with. If, if this wasn't a thing, would I'd be basically traveling through Europe right now or through the States. And because we've been stuck here, because we've kind of been isolated here, um, it has brought the teams in New Zealand quite close together. And, you know, we're very 
grateful for that. So we're very close to the color and it's great having a, a, a customer that, you know, is, is you're close with that you can talk to every day. It's in the same time zone as you because, you know, customers are the best feedback for building a product and a service. You know, real valuable feedback is more valuable than gold, especially when you're trying to build something. Um, so we're quite happy with the product market fit that we've kind of found for Carla and we're seeing how that kind of translates around the world. That's cool. Is there any kind of specific things that they've requested that you found like like super useful? Like, oh yeah, why didn't we think of that? And, and you were able to implement it? Yeah, no, definitely. It's like, there's quite a few different, um, you know, if we go to OnFinality, for example, you know, we bought some developer tools where they could use a web portal to basically on a form you'd put in your Docker image uh, and you would put in the number of nodes and you could deploy that into a test network. And, you know, their idea was like, oh, could we just have a, a CLI tool that we could put into a CICD pipeline and just do that automatically when we want to trigger a build? Oh, of course, why not? You know, that that's that's great, you know, basic stuff. So, you know, things like that, you know, where you have just certain ideas coming in from externally is, is you know, really valuable, valuable. And we get that with other customers. Like I'm, I'm on the phone with people, with teams around the world, you know, we're fortunate enough to have relationships with, with all the top teams, right? And that's another, I guess, if you go back to the graph, that's another advantage that we, that we have, right? Polkadot is such a tight-knit, small, close family of, you know, services and, and chains and, and teams, right? And we all know each other and we're all working together for the same shared goal. And, you know, we're very fortunate to have relationships with all those teams, all those top ones. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of good stuff back and stuff that is definitely going into our roadmap. So like with subcrew, right? One of the things people keep being asking about is, is, you know, you've got this data here and you're indexing that data in real time. Can we be notified when that data changes or when something happens on chain? You know, can we sort out some kind of notification system where, um, you know, we can trigger off another process based on that? So let's say an auction opens, an auction closes or a bid's made. Can I take that off chain and, and bring that to my reward to make it useful? Um, so that kind of, you know, trigger a notification system is, is something on our roadmap that um, that we get from customers all the time. And, you know, feedback around, you know, the, the indexing time of subcareer, right? Because, you know, there's there's quite a lot of data on, on, on poker. There's six, almost 5 million blocks of data, and it takes a long time to go through each of those to look for your events um, that you want to index, especially when you're creating a new subcareer project and you're indexing that whole chain to start with. Mm-hmm. So it takes a long time. And we've built just a new feature recently that um, it's, it's a subquery project to, for subquery projects. It's like a it's like a sub subscription, <laughs> um, if you will. Where um, basically we um, index if you're using just events, it will um, it will make requests to another subquery project, which has pre-indexed the location of all those events. So rather than going through every block to say, was there a transfer event here? Mm-hmm. You know, for example. You know, if I'm indexing all the transfer events, was there a transfer event in this block? I can just go to the other subquery project and say, I could give it the next thousand blocks that have transfer events in, and we just skip straight to those. Now, these kind of ideas, you know, just come from the community and just come from my customers. And, you know, it's, it's it's all gold, right? It's again, they need to focus on building their stuff. Let us focus on building these kind of infrastructure services, and that's what's important in this ecosystem. We need to stop duplicating work. We need to. Um, ensure that we're not duplicating work unnecessary, mm-hmm. unnecessarily. Although there is a benefit, obviously, in, in having you know two or three people in the space to foster that kind of continuous improvement. 
but um, yeah, focus is really important. Mm-hmm. I was actually just reading up uh, about that right before we're getting on this call that the new project you were talking about is dictionary. Yeah. Dictionary. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like trying to gather some more information before jumping on this, but yeah, thanks for bringing that up and, and talking about it. Mm. It's quite simple when you think about it, but it's also really makes a difference. It, it like, there's nothing worse than staring at the index and going, Oh, it's like, you know, it's like 15 hours of indexing ahead of me before it catches up mm-hmm. and before I kind of make a creative test that the whole thing is, you know, is, is completely working versus now it's like, Oh no, it's be done in, um, you know, a tenth of that time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so that also brings up a, a very interesting like concept of one subquery project relying on another subquery project and being able to get data from there. And I wonder like how how many layers of inception we will eventually see mm. like uh, subquery project referring to subquery project referring to subquery project. And yeah, that's a tricky one. So um, I think one thing to, to really point out and make really like strong um, statement about is that the way that we design subquery is that it's deterministic. So you can't bring in data from any source around the world. You can't make a you know a rest call to some some other source to bring that in and say that. So if I run a subquery project today and you run it today, we should have exactly the same data, regardless of where it's done or what time it's done. Right? It's it's, it's deterministic for the block. Running with that that thought because that's really important right if you want to be able to confirm the consistency and you want to verify that data you know we're going to as we go to the network uh, system the subquery network we're going to have to penalize indexes that provide false data and so having that deterministic situations means that we can you know almost we can verify two different indexes running independently uh, doing the same result and that makes it easy for us to confirm that this index is providing correct data. So that that rule there, that subquery in itself is deterministic, um, we're probably not going to change. That's, that's kind of set in stone. So this dictionary one is an interesting example because, you know, in a way, it is still deterministic because, you know, a deterministic system is providing data to another deterministic system. And I think we'll see subquery projects relying on other subquery projects by all means. But we have to be kind of careful here that we don't, allow it to break that rule mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah by all means i can imagine that we'll see some subquery projects relying on other ones but the question is becomes what happens if that other subquery project breaks or right. you know like do we do we stop the one that relies so like okay so alice relies on bob's subquery project the bob's subquery project break does alice's subquery project stop where bob's one stopped does it have to stop where bob one stopped you know you you would assume it would have to right because mm-hmm. That's that's one of the, the challenges that we have to address here. But I think there's, there's a way around it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm thinking if like Bob's uh, subquery project is used as an optimization so that they don't have to go to the the overall, like index it themselves. Yeah. And then that's a way to like bootstrap Alice's uh, subquery project. And then if Bob's goes down, it falls back to just them having to index themselves. Which it does, which it yeah. does. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but you know, confirming this and, and making sure this is rock solid—that's another step, right? So that's the focus of ours. Is is because we've got a lot of requests. I'm getting a lot of requests from people saying, "Can we just pull in this data from here, or or or, or get that from here?" Right? Because essentially, people are using subquery as you know, if you look in the traditional forms, you have you have your three tier web architecture. You have a website, which is a thin client. You have a server, 
and they might communicate via REST calls or whatever, or JSON RPC calls maybe. And then you have a database. And for our, our kind of situation, we have a blockchain, we have uh, applications, and you can build your own server in the middle. You can make you can bypass the server, which is kind of inefficient, or you can use subquery, and subquery kind of acts as that server and that, that three-tier architecture for a lot of customers. And so it's natural that they want to bring in other data um, and save in one place, but unfortunately, it's probably not going to work that way. Which is fine though, as you know, as a microservices architecture, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. go into that. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that you know we've got a lot of requests from, and, and again, this is this is the small community that we're in, and the relationships that we've forged with other partners is that you know we're getting a lot of this feedback, and it's all very valuable. We're taking it all on board. So it sounds like you're focused on the truth. This is like what happened on chain and here it is in a very easily digestible way. And so it's it's not so much of, it's not at all a an Oracle, which has the kind of purpose of going out into the real world or, mm. or interacting with things outside of the, the blockchain, which may or may not be as true as, you know, mm. the a true true. Um, That's correct, so, yeah. So do you see any um, kind of integrations with Oracle projects to, you know, I mean, after a given amount of time, you can count on on Oracle's data to be true, and then maybe it gets incorporated into the blockchain and then indexed. Do you see any kind of interaction there? Yeah, we've talked to a lot of um, Oracles, and there's been a, quite a few kind of discussed some of things around that. There's also been a lot of discussion about us being the source of data for Oracles. But yeah, we just need to kind of, I think, tread carefully here. But by all means, that could be on the table, right? Um, oracles themselves are, but yeah, there's, there's hundreds of oracles that claim to be, you know, um, designed from the outset to you know, verify and, and provide correct data, right? But that's kind of the big oracle problem is that you can't really trust data from an oracle. So we'll see what kind of comes out here, right? But yeah, we could it could be a partnership where you provide both the kind of verified correct data and Oracle data from the same kind of method, but it's clear that what's what. Um, we're unsure. It's, it's to be determined. Right. Yeah, these are just uh, random thoughts that popped in my head as we were talking. And these are great ideas, <laughs> man. Like this is, I'm taking these all away, and we'll, you know, put them in a, a, a big list of ideas that we have. We, we've got a new office here, and so we covered our walls with whiteboards. Uh, we've found these whiteboards where you can kind of just kind of stick along the wall, and we've just covered them with whiteboards because it's, it's fantastic to be able to just pick up the pen and start drawing. And that's the best thing about being in, in New Zealand, I guess, is that we're all able to be in the same office together. Mm. So, you know, you can all just stand up and just draw out a new idea or, um, you know, even just like a, a quick wireframe of a new product or page or just how things flow through the system, right? Mm. Um, so that's been the best part. Drawing on whiteboards, man. You can't underestimate how valuable a whiteboard is. Of course, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so we talked about um, the three different parts of being in the subquery ecosystem. So what what is like the capabilities right now for subquery? And then what's like the next kind of steps in, in the roadmap where do you see the, the short term going? Yeah. So subquery is um, you know, it's in, in the market now, right? It's it's working fine and it's 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 actually serving quite a lot of requests to certain applications, right? There's kind of a couple of main points of focus for us right now. Subquery relies on developers building on it so we're really putting a lot of effort right now into improving 
the developer experience and developer relationships with us. So that's in terms of documentation, walkthroughs, tutorials to help developers figure out how to build their product on subquery, right? Because every subquery is unique, you know, your needs for your application could be entirely different from another person's needs, even though if you're operating the same space, right? So subquery, you have the ability to change that data to fit your application. And that's another advantage, right, is, is the over other decentralized data providers, there's many different APIs in a place that will provide index data to you, but you don't have the ability to customize or configure that data. So it's flexibility. So there's a huge potential of subquery that you know the users have the freedom to adapt and transform that data to suit their exact needs. Uh, you can define that shape of the data. You can define the endpoints. It saves you time. It saves you money, and it provides a much better user experience rather than like combining, you know, three different API requests to get the data for one single page in your application, just get it from one. So the flexibility is key, right? But as part of that, you have to help developers learn how to adapt it for their needs. So development tools, development uh, material, uh, onboarding tutorials. And that's one thing uh, we have an explorer. So explorer is basically a a marketplace of all the different public subquery projects that are out there. And in order to be public in explorer, which is a lot, um, you have to make your code public. So it's really neat to be able to kind of go in and say, oh, how did they do that? You know, you, you see an example there that you think is quite interesting. You can go in and find out the exact GitHub repository. You can go and look at the exact code. You can just fork that and you can adapt it to your needs, which is perfect. So there's endless possibilities with, with how subquery data is done. So the first main uh, priority for us is, is development tools to make that easier and to get more developers um, using our, our service, using our product. The other um, priorities that we have, right, is, is as I said, the subquery network. We've just released a white paper. We're now ramping up. We're trying to hire as many Rust developers as possible, send me your CVs to help us build this network. So that's a main kind of development technical focus for us going forward. But then the third one is, is also these other value-add features on top of the existing subquery system, so the managed service. So as I mentioned, the like, notifications, for example, um, and there's been a few other kind of requests for certain different things that we can provide and that we can build. So um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so as I understand it, like you have the ability for people to create their own subqueries right now and host those. And that's that's amazing. And I think I saw somewhere in the near future that you plan to launch on a parachain that has smart contract capability and within the next goal, uh, some somewhere down the line to become a parachain of your own. Is that in the, in the roadmap? Yeah. So our long-term goal was to become a parachain as our own, have our own cell phone parachain to kind of really give us the freedom to do things that, in the way that we want, but stepping stones. So there will be decentralized through probably an existing parachain. So as I said, we're lucky to have relationships lots of the top teams we're looking at um, different parachains you know it could be for example Karura is a parachain that we might look at so you know the first step really is to um, launch an internal test net change our, or adapt our open source software that we have already to instead of connecting or running by itself to connect to the network kind of a coordinator for for indexes together um, and then some kind of initial contract on chain right so this might be a you know initially might be an evm kind of situation on a smart contract but i think long term we do want to head towards a 
you know, a, a WebAssembly smart contract written in ink, right? Um, that's a long-term goal. But we just got to test out different situations because this is this is very difficult, right? Building a, a decentralized network is incredibly difficult. And so um, it's going to be in many stages to get there. Um, and there's a roadmap on our white paper that we've kind of highlighted, but it's going to be time. And that's why we're trying to get as many people on board to to help us achieve those goals. Awesome. Yeah, so we talked about a couple of the, the different um, applications that are, are using subquery. What would you like to see? What kind of applications are you really excited to see being built with, with subquery? So I think the obvious use case of subquery is wallets and apps. So consumer-facing applications uh, that you know you have in your pocket and I want this stuff quick. I want to know how much, how many dot or, or KSM or, or whatever other token I have, right? So wallets are a great example. And we're working with fearless wallets to do that. I also I'm also really excited by the number of network specific applications coming up. So Bifrost launched one that is a explorer for their test network. And it kind of showed me the the rewards that I could get from participating in their network. Um, you know, the APRs and, and so forth. And that was all kind of exposed through subquery. The most kind of exciting product that I've seen so far is, is this new one called Subviz. It's this really basic crowd loan and auction explorer. Um, so it's a simple website that just shows me, you know, how much has been raised by each uh, each team and, and, and the crowd loan and, and, and the bids that have gone on the auction. But it's quite a nice little um, user interface. And it's, it's just all running entirely off subquery and that was kind of like the end goal that we always had for subquery that was like what we always hoped would kind of come out was a kind of an explorer where I, um just seen an analytic an analytics tool using subquery data and that's what subviz has done um so it's quite nice of a, a ui and, and kind of looking forward to seeing how that kind of goes from here but um yeah there's a lot of kind of consumer-facing applications that um we'll see come out like Take a look at other blockchains. There's a lot of, you know, the consumer-facing apps there will need to be kind of ported over to Polkadot at some point. And so um, we need to provide the tools that make that transition easy and make building those easy. Sweet. All right. So um, if I'm a developer, you, you already mentioned, like, you're looking for Rust developers. Here's a chance to put your call out. Like, what, what kind of folks are you looking for? How do we get in touch uh, with you? And, and if I want to learn more, where do I go to learn all of this stuff? Yeah. So um, you've got our website, subquery.network, um, that you can obviously go to. And you can link out to everything from there. One thing to look for is a white paper, which is on, on the header of our website. And have a read through that and let me know if you find any any issues or questions because I'd love to hear this feedback. It's one thing from white papers. You put it out and um, it's kind of like, is there any glaring holes in the in the, um, the incentivization strategies in the white paper? Um, I'm like, luckily not so many. We had some good advisors for it. But you can also reach out to us on social media. We're quite active on Discord and, and um, Telegram, but also on Twitter. Uh, and we'd love to hear from our team here. There's a, there's a technical support channel on our Discord that everyone can pipe in and it goes directly to our development team here. So there's many questions that I can't answer um, and I'm happy enough to point you to the right person. But yeah, it's, it's we're looking for growing the team at the moment. We're looking for Rust developers wherever they are around the world. Very difficult to find good Rust developers that, that know blockchain. It's a very niche skill set. And we're also looking for people over in, in Europe to help us kind of build relationships there. So um, business development people in Europe um, because that's literally the other side of the world from us right here. 
And um, there's only a small window of overlap I have with, with Europe, unfortunately. So yeah, teams there to go talk to people and to, 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 to grow the community over there. Awesome. I want to thank you again for jumping on this call with me and um, giving us a little bit more of an insight into subquery. It's been a lovely chat. Yeah, thank you, John, and enjoy your evening. And thanks for having me on board on this uh, on this awesome podcast that you have. Really looking forward to future episodes. Awesome, thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Relay Chain. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjects we talked about today. So please reach out to us on Twitter at Relay Chain or by email podcast at parity.io. The team at Parity has some of the brightest minds working towards building a robust and inclusive ecosystem that puts power back into the hands of its community members. With cross-chain communication as a primary goal, we aim to break down the tribalistic barriers that have formed throughout the blockchain industry. If you want to learn more about what we're building, or if you want to join our team, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io newsletter.